but welcome to another Creative Floor podcast. It's Shahid here. Don't forget, our award show is open and the early bird deadline is the 12th of February. We are talking to Creative Talent Acquisition Manager, FCB Health Network, Melissa Hebink. Hey, Melissa. Good morning. Good afternoon. Well, yeah, my afternoon, your morning. Thank you for getting up so early. Well, what time is it over there? About 7? It is now 7.30. 7.30, gosh. Well, well, I hope this isn't too painful for you. Hopefully, it's uh, it'll be quite an easy easy break into your day. We spoke back end of last year, just before Christmas, I think. I think you just casually dropped in that you used to be an art director, and obviously now you you help creatives find work uh, for FCB. And then I think you dropped in some crazy story about where you were on 9-11, and it just sounded so interesting. And I just thought, well, you know what, mm. let's... um. Let's do a podcast. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's share let's share this story because I think you know 2020 and 2021, the whole world is is in a huge flux right now, and you know change is probably the only constant. And I think that for a lot of people uh, out there right now, change is really really scary. Um, mm. But I think your story was quite inspiring. So I think if we could maybe you know cover some of it, it might just help someone out there that maybe change is a really great thing and maybe you know helping them to reevaluate um their life um the industry you know not necessarily Mm. being stuck to one role for the rest of your life the industry can offer many different aspects um that are really fulfilling and amazing so is that okay if we maybe sort of talk about you your your bit of your life bit of your experiences and, and go from there absolutely Absolutely. Actually, by the way, I want to thank you for having me on here today. It's it's really an honor. It really is. Really is. And hopefully, I do say something that helps someone out there who might be navigating <laughs> a, a tough tough challenge right now. You know, or in general. Yeah. 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 Well, it's it's awesome to have you on here. I hate listening to my own voice. So hopefully, lots of people can just listen to your voice for this podcast. So um, yeah. let's go back as far as you want to go, Melissa. How far do you want to go back? Um, well, we could start, you know, we could start with, um, why don't we talk about the time of when I, when I got laid off around 9-11, um, and what that year was about, because I think there's, there's some nuggets in there that could maybe be helpful to people. And, you know, I have been reflecting since our last conversation in terms of, um, what were some of the themes, um, and some of the themes I apply today, I mean, I think it's, we're going to kind of talk probably more about like really universal truths in some ways too. And, um, you know, you and I spoke a while back and I, I, um, shared about when I had to really reinvent, reinvent myself. And it took a while to, for me to finally kind of switch into recruiting, which was probably, um, 10, 15 years later, but, um, when I got laid off, I got laid off. Actually, I was with FCB at the time. I've been, this is my third tour through FCB. And, and I actually really love, love working for the network. Um, it's a really, really good agency. This is a, so it was 2001 and I was an associate creative director and we had just, okay. we had just kind of lost some business and it was actually just a couple days before nine 11. And, um, and it was it was really rough. It was a really big blow because I'd been at the company for about five years. And there is something, I don't know, FCB, for example, just it felt like family. So it was really, really a really tough, tough blow for me. Mm. And um, and then a couple of days later, ironically, I, I went 
rock climbing with a friend of mine for the first time, and it was completely traumatizing. It was a Sunday. It was the Sunday before 9-11. And, um, and I, I feel like that experience kind of set the stage for, you know, how I got through that transition and got to the other side. And um, because it was really this moment where I was really, really scared. And I remember very distinctly being on the rock face and having to pause and just, you know, and I'm crying and I've got sun beating on me. And I had to pause and just think about like my next step. And I remember um, when I lost my job and then, and then we went through, you know, I live normally, I've been in quarantine out in New Jersey, but I live normally in Brooklyn Heights, New York, which is right across the river from lower Manhattan. So, you know, every morning I could see the, the twin towers at the time, which now is, is not, it's not obviously not that anymore. And I remember that morning being home and um, hearing some explosions outside. And then um, someone I was in a relationship at the time was in Chicago, and he called and said, you know, do you know what's going on? And I said, no, but I'm hearing these explosions. And then I turned the TV on, and I remember um, calling my mom and dad and just saying, I'm okay, I'm safe, I love you, and I don't, you know, I'll talk mm. to you later. And then and then my neighbor and I went down to the corner, and, you know, I'm just staring at the towers, and... I saw them just, you know, the first tower come down right before my eyes. And I really thought I was in some sci-fi movie because my brain oh my was trying to put it all back together. But these, you know, this, this towers, you know, these, these towers are like disintegrating uh, right before my eyes. And could you hear them? Oh yeah. Yes. And um, it was very surreal. I literally thought I was in, in a movie. I was like, this stuff happens in the movies. Because I really thought, like I was watching the fires and I thought, okay, they're just going to put the fire out. We're going to like kind of have to deal with this for a while, but it's, you know, we'll all kind of move on. And, you know, and it, it kind of was like watching that tower come down, like something like a bell got rang that couldn't be unrung. And, you know, and I think we all kind of experience some of those things in life if we you know, if we're here long enough, like something's going to happen. We all, we're, none of us are immune from life. And, and I want to kind of say this in more of a metaphorical con, 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 you know, kind of a metaphorical is that, you know, it really like when you and I spoke a few months ago, you know, it really became a metaphor for my life that year, you know? Um, and like a couple months later, that relationship ended, which I was completely devastated and I thought he was the guy and it really wasn't going to be the guy. And, um, you know, and I had to really reflect and I had to look at my career, like, you know, sometimes in advertising and I'm going to talk about advertising, but this is also very applicable to life that I think we have to kind of do an honest self-search, like what makes us tick. Um, I think sometimes we get off track because we're so or I can only speak from my, my experiences. I'm so much more trying to like fit the mold for others as opposed to what's my mold? Like, who am I? Mm -hmm. What makes me tick? And I, I really had to do that in terms of how to navigate that transition. And I, um, you and I spoke, I have a, a, a side of me that's always been into spiritual studies and uh, personal development work. And, and that year I really, really dug in. And I, I spent a lot of time to myself and actually worked with a feng shui consultant. I actually trained with him for a while. So I did a lot of stuff in my apartment. And uh, 
reinvented my apartment, looked at the images, and it was really, I'm, I'm sharing this because it was that internal process I needed to go through um, to peel the layers to be like, okay, what, what, uh, what am I, who am I, what do I like, what makes me tick? And, um, and then I ended up having to redo my portfolio. And sometimes I would, I would encounter recruiters saying, you need to be more of this and you need to be more of that. And, and I just, I took a pause and I kind of knew deep down inside that if I just took a minute and really reflected on what is it I do well, but I do well and I enjoy doing well instead of what do I do well, but I don't really enjoy doing. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. And and how 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 long did you take off then to to give yourself that? Space? I took um, I took about I actually was off for about six months because uh, obviously with the what happened with um nine eleven was it economically it just it 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 wiped us you know wiped us out and mm. and um you know and it was very tough to get a job and you know and that that's one thing I also too is um want to speak to is, you know, obviously, you know, I, I work because I need to pay my rent, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah, like yeah. I was, I like I was, I have a trust fund or something like that, or, you know, yeah. massive amounts of savings. It was like, I, you know, I had to really navigate that and, you know, keep the bills paid. And, you know, fortunately, I had some savings. Um, but I didn't, you know, I didn't have a ton. So it wasn't like I had a huge runway. But I yeah. also knew deep down inside, I needed to just take some time. I'd just been through a lot. I'd, I lost a job. I lost the guy I thought was going to be the guy, um, went through, you know, nine 11, like, which was, which, you know, was, was pretty devastating to go through that. You know, obviously there's people that went through much, 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 much worse, but, um, yeah. you know, it takes something to rebuild. It takes something and it takes time to rebuild. And, you know, I eventually did get a job, but I like to talk about it in the professional context, since we're talking about advertising, you know, I went back and I, I went through all my work that I'd done over the years. And, and at that point it was, you still had the really big portfolios and I had to, we weren't quite doing websites yet. And, you know, I ended mm. up, a friend of mine found these really cool patent leather bags that I, that were red and I still have them. And, and I ended up, you know, putting together this beautiful bound portfolio and they were light, they were easy to, they were fun. I ended up and they 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 were quirky and they and that's my personality. It was like this really reflected like who I was instead of what a recruiter wanted me to be or what other people wanted me to be and then ironically I ended up you know and I was thinking about the amount of money I needed like I you know these are the things to think about like how much money do I need what's the environment I want to work in what's the kind of work I want to do and and that's what I mean by the soul searching and I think in life if we do that then you know if we we trust enough then Life kind of just has that stuff show up. And you can talk about it from many different contexts. Some people, not to be cliche, the law of attraction or, you know, whatever, you mm. know, uh, manifestation, whatever you want to call it, you know, but we all have that inner GPS that if we trust that enough, then we, and not let our mind or let society or let, you know, people say, what are you doing? You got to get a job. You got to do this. Like really, 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 really tune into that and trust that then. Life seems to just bring you what you need when you need it. But, you know, um, and that's what I had to do was just kind of really sit there and think. And then obviously later on, I had to do more of that because I transitioned into a different role. Um, but it was still a lot of those common principles that came into play of just really taking the time to to do the deep inner reflection. And how old are you when you were going through this? I was in my early 30s. 
I was in my early 30s. So I was kind of at an age too where it's like, oh gosh, you know, like yeah. thinking about children and family and, you know, it's like that's as a woman, that's the time when you got to really think about a lot of that stuff. But I was also single in New York and um, having to, you know, New York is not probably like London is not a, not a cheap place. Like there's a, there's a, a bigger financial responsibility. Yeah. Have you heard of something called Mercury rising? Um, are you talking about astrology? Yeah. Well, I don't, I'm not, I'm not quite sure where it comes from. It was, um, somebody was telling me about it years and years and years ago. And apparently it's sort of like two events that happen in people's lives. Um, and the first event is basically, you know, between, I think it's like mid twenties to maybe sort of mid thirties or late thirties. And it's basically 12 months where your life almost has a detox in a way, and it will feel Mm. like the worst year in your life, you know, and, and, Mm -hmm. and, um, I think when you speak to most people about it of a certain age, I include myself in that, (laughs) Mm -hmm. you, you sort of look back and go, yeah, God, there was that one year where, you know, you lose your job in your case, you know, you lost your relationship, you know, obviously nine 11 has just happened. It's pretty much devastated the economy. Um, and there's just a real transition and, and I guess it's, and I guess a lot of people are perhaps going through that at the moment, you know, lots of people are losing their jobs, you know, lots of people's um, mental health um, are sort of, you know, getting into really bad places. And maybe it would be really fantastic to maybe get some, some tips, I guess, in terms of how you mm. dealt with that transition. It felt like having the six months in that time was mm-hmm. really invaluable. Mm-hmm. And then it'd be really interesting to know, so how did you then decide on the next job or the next or where what would keep you happy mm. so really you know the other thing you're you're pointing to too is um i had really great people around me at that time too and i was very selective of who i talked to and um and i'm not talking about people who like are going to feel sorry for me but people are going to lend some compassion to be like wow i really hear that mm. that's tough it's tough mm pretty devastating you know and people who trust enough that you're gonna you're gonna find the next step like back to the rock climbing analogy it's like you know like in that moment to be able to just pause and then the next step reveals itself you know just take a minute and pause I mean I got six months out of interest how attached were you to the job because I, you know, I obviously I've sort of worked as an art director too. And, you know, many, many of my close friends have also, you know, come from agency world. Mm-hmm. And it's a strange job, isn't it? You know, it's not like, mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a normal job, right? Because there's so much attachment to the lifestyle. There's so much attachment to agency mm-hmm. culture and being a creative. I've done lots of sort of manual jobs when I was younger. And, you know, you can detach yourself from those jobs in a heartbeat. <laughs> but, but detaching oh, yeah. yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. from being a creative is really, I, I think it's quite difficult. I mean, how hard was that for you or was it just really easy to let go? Um, are you talking about when I transitioned to becoming a recruiter or do you, are you talking about like, yeah, just in general, because you're in that six month period, right. Where you're kind of trying to find a new space. Did you still have that attachment to being a creative and being a, you know, making stuff? Yeah, I still wanted to be, I still wanted to be a creative. Like I wasn't done. I wasn't done yet. Um, I was done with it. You know, it's interesting if we think about sometimes when we, when, like when you get laid off or something like that, sometimes you kind of know that you're just kind of 
done, but you didn't, you might've, you probably should have left maybe a year before. Um, I was, I was pretty much, I was, yeah, I think I was pretty much done with that role in a way the company did a favor for me um, because I needed some time, but um, I was still, I, you know, I was still pretty vested in being a creative. I think my ego was still tied up in that because, you know, I was like, I mean, I grew up in a really small town in rural Wisconsin and, you know, um, I think there was something about, you know, making it in New York and I'm in advertising and I make cool stuff and I'm cool. And, you know, I think there is, there is an ego attachment to it. You know, I'm 30 something like being cool still matters. And, um, you know, and like I said, I reinvest, you know, I, I actually ended up redoing my portfolio and I did it in a way that I just loved it. So that whenever I went in for an interview or when I dropped it off at an agency, I was just excited. And then I ended up getting, you know, and it really didn't work to, I know some people are going to be like taboo about this, but you know, like I've never been one of those people that's like, oh my God, you got to hit the street and just, you know, stalk people and all this kind of stuff. It's like, like in a way life just kind of is naturally put people in my life at the right time. And um, trusting my intuition and my conversations. And, you know, the next thing you know, I just had a conversation, I think in May and I was started doing some freelance work. And then within a few months, you know, I, I ended up going to Digitas and I ended up working on, uh, this is going to really date me, but I ended up getting a job on AOL and, um, you know, and I had a nice mix of doing digital work. It was really like the next right step for me. Like I got to do some digital, I got to do some, but I got to bring in I was hired for what I like to do and what I do well, which was, I was actually probably, you know, um, never going to be one of those big conceptual, you know, brand idea people. I was just really brilliant with design and making stuff look great and coming up with looks and feels. And, um, and I kind of had to own that. I actually had to separate my ego from that. You know what? I'm just, I'm never going to be one of those I'm just never going to be that cool person in the corner office with like a kick-ass reel. I'm going to be one of these people that likes to tinker and make stuff look great and pull it all together. And I had to be true to that, even though it wasn't necessarily the the cool standard in the industry. Um, and then I ended up getting a job like at the salary I wanted, you know, um, and it was a lot more than I was making before. And, you know, it just, when I was actually true to who I really was, what I could do, even if it wasn't necessarily the the cool part of the industry, um, I don't know. It's, I think it's really comes down to, like, I, I was reflecting kind of what about our conversation. It's like, I think, hate to be cliche, but it's about being true to yourself and whatever you do. And then that changes, like, as we change, that changes as we grow and we evolve and get older, like that changes. And um, so I think that's kind of the mystery, mystery of it. If you bring that to a, a professional context is trusting and being who you are, being yourself. That's at the end of the day, that's, that's, you know, what we're here to here to be. Although society trains us to be other ways. It's just, and that, that applies to my career and my profession. And, but at that time, like you had said actually earlier, it's like, yeah, I still wanted to be quirky and cool and all of that because that's just where I was at. Yeah. I mean, it's it's quite amazing just hearing you sort of deconstruct that down, though, because, I mean, it's as simple as it sounds. And I don't think it's cliched. I think it's I think it sort of hits the nail on the head because ultimately it is about being true to yourself. 
right? Mm -hmm. It's about being content and, and acknowledging who you are, where your strengths are, and where they aren't potentially, and that and that and that can be just such a big revelation for for many people, you mm-hmm. know. And I think when you do maybe work in in a, in an industry like advertising, it is you know it is. Let's be honest, it is superficial on many many levels. Mm-hmm. It's wonderful. It is wonderful, but it mm-hmm. is superficial at the same time. And and there is a sort of you know there is a certain expectation of how people are even cr- from a creative perspective how you're meant to behave you know, maybe how you're meant to look or, you know, saying something controversial in a meeting or whatever. So that I think we all can get ourselves into playing stereotypes that maybe just don't re- necessarily reflect who we really are. And then the moment mm-hmm. that sort of job then ends, there is a moment of like, well, who am I? Hence why I sort of mm-hmm. asked around the attachment to the job, because a lot of people, when they're in that moment of losing that job, a lot of their identity mm-hmm. is associated yeah. to the role or the agency. And and actually, that is a moment of transition of working out, well, I you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not just the, 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 the creative director. I'm, I'm a dad or I'm a brother or I'm a friend or I'm an artist mm-hmm. or whatever. And actually, that moment is, is is a revelation for a lot of people because your identity can get wrapped up in in the whirlwind mm-hmm. of agency of agency roles and agency life so yeah i think i think i think what you said was i mean it's a revelation for me anyway <laughs> so i think that yeah that's mm-hmm. great you think maybe that took you 6 months to realize that or a little bit longer yeah and i think it's also a lifetime process because i mean I think we're, I mean, for me, it's, it's been part of my life process is that, you know, as we grow, there's, there's, there's times that we actually do need to make transitions, um, to different things. Um, you said something really important, which is about being true to ourselves and, and trusting that. But like, to your point too, is like when you go through a, a loss, a job loss is pretty significant. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. And it rattles our security, obviously, because we've got a you know, it impacts the possibility of our, our housing, like it really can have a very, very devastating effect, especially right now, you can see it out there with COVID. It's really, really, really devastating. And and that's something I do recommend for creatives too, is, you know, something that I have an interest in as well as fiscal responsibility. Like, oh my God, like as creatives, sometimes I don't think we think about like that, but it's really important to kind of have your mind on that. Um, because um, you know, advertising is a fickle business and, you know, um, you lose an account, boom, you know, you're out, you're on to the next thing. And, or, and, um, you know, I think if you're in a good company with a good culture, they do really, really try to, and try to look after people and make sure people are re- reassigned. But sometimes you just, you have companies I've had to be on the other side of it, have to make the tough calls and make the tough decisions with people. And, um, it is a huge blow, whether it's, you know, like for me, it was like, I lost a relationship. I lost my job, you know, like everything got stripped down and, and we are actually, we are more than, more than all that. Like as people, if we can really get in touch with that, like we're more than that. We're more than our job. We're more than, you know, everything that's outside of us. Although, as you could say, the trappings, we are more than that, but, um, when you lose it, it's a big, it's like getting the wires get stripped down and, uh, you know, the coating on the wires get stripped down and you kind of have to deal with the core of it. And, um, I don't know if we were going to you expected to go here today with, uh, with this conversation, but, um, 
you know, um, yeah, that's kind of, I don't know. Did I answer your question? I'm kind of, I'm kind of free associating maybe because it's the morning here. I'm still a, a creative person. So sometimes I have to get pulled in a little bit, but um, yeah. So yeah, I think it is that you really have to, you have to come find your own North star and tune into your inner GPS and really honor it and be true to it. And also feel it when you're in a job too, like, mm, it's time to move on. Oh, in a relationship or in a, any kind of scenario, like, mm, yeah, it's time. It's time. And trusting that. Yeah. I don't think creativity or thinking of things or, yeah. or feeling creative ever leaves you. I think it's just, it's, it's maybe acknowledging that you don't have to necessarily be stuck to a particular role for the rest of your life to right. be creative. I think that's the thing. Right. And, and, oh, yeah. and looking at the world and looking at the industry or outside the industry and, and, and finding that truth, I think is, is what I'm getting from you. It's like, you know, of mm -hmm. course you're still a creative person. You're not, you're not a creative person because somebody's giving you a title, right? Yes. Or, or yes, a particular yes, yes. client. You're just, you are a creative person. You know, you can add creativity to, to anything. You can add yeah. creativity to recruitment. You can add creativity to being a receptionist. You can add creativity to anything, really, if you want to. And mm. I think it's just that, I think, which is mm -hmm. which is really interesting as a, as a point or as a story to, mm. to to get across, I guess. So let's um let's go back a bit. So you're you're at Digitas, and and that seems to be going well. What what, what happens there, and how long are you there for? I was there for um, a couple years, and then um, and then I left to go to another agency. I was actually back to the. The, it was actually draft FCB at the time. I went back to the FCB network. And um, right around that time, so Digitas was great. And then I moved on. And I kind of, I kind of had that feeling like it was time to move on. And then um, it was right around 2005 and my, my father got sick. And I found out that he, um, I had actually, you know, I and this is something I do. I just literally finished sailing class. Like I like to do different things. Like I do trapeze. I just, yeah, wow. you know, like there's always different things I've done in my life as activities. Cause I learned from them. Like I talked about rock climbing. I was taking sailing classes and I, I, um, got a call, I got a message and it was from my, my father. And he was, I found out right after my class, I was literally sitting on one of the docks in lower Manhattan. And I found out that my father had terminal cancer and, uh, and he um, had about three months to live. I didn't hear it at that moment, but it was about three months. And he passed away. I found out in August he passed away in October. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, thank you. It was 2005. But it was really a very powerful um, time. Um, because I'm sitting here in advertising, like thinking I'm like this little hot shit in New York. And really, it was kind of like, like I had to really come to come to terms with myself. Like I was looking at my father who was living in a small town. He, um, he and my mom loved from very humble means. Like he was a meat cutter for years, made very little money, but he raised five kids. He had nine grandchildren. And I was thinking about legacy. You know, I was thinking about like, wow, I'm 37 and I'm, I'm working on an account that is just brutal. Like it was a, such a mean client. Like they had no problem with us working until two or three o'clock over and over and over. But it was a really mean client. Like they were very abusive and I will not say who they were, but, um, and I was really looking at that. And then obviously confront, starting to look at my own mortality because I'm 37, about 
you know, I'm going to be 40 in a couple of years and I'm starting to get to terms with like, oh, wow, what am I doing? What am I going to, what's my legacy? And, um, and, um, and when he passed away, I ended up, like I said, I've always had this personal development side of me. And it's funny because I've, I've had a business idea once because we're talking about transition. How do you navigate transition? How do you uh, move through these passages? And, and I've done it in a creative way. And like I feng shui'd my apartment. Like there's things I've done on the more the, the other side of it, which aren't necessarily in the linear thing of like, okay, get online, submit your resume. Like there's that, that factual thing, but there's this other side of it. But I was really reflecting and I ended up hiring a coach. Um, for about three months. And, you know, we did some of these personal assessments, but what was starting to change in me in time in my career was, and the fact that I did have this side of me that was always seeking and, and studying and, you know, doing the inner reflection. Like I knew that there was like a change that needed to happen. And I got to the place after my father passed where it's like, okay, what am I what am I doing? I need to make more, more of a, like a people difference because I felt just chained to be on a desk with a thankless client, just cranking out layouts, cranking out layouts. And I was like, wow, my dad had such a humble life and he has like this whole legacy of kids. And, you know, like there's, there's something, his humble existence, but yet what he's done for the world. Like my sister is in New York. She's a very successful doctor helps a lot of people like my family they're they've all done well and my nieces and nephews are like extraordinary and it was his grandchildren at the time and I was like what am I doing and really what I had to get down to is what really really excited me was making a people difference it wasn't so much what I was making on my computer anymore or creating for the world it was like I actually like to make that one-on-one people different. So I ended up going back to school. I was still working. I got a coaching certification. And like I said, I'm also a, a, got a certification in feng shui, but I never kind of knew how to kind of put it all together. And I was, I was a really good networker. I was always connecting people with like the oddest resources and, and little by, it took a while, but I, I was able to finally kind of see that, wow, maybe in your, being a recruiter would actually bring all those skills together, but then also leveraging my background as um, someone who was a creative. So, which really, really helps because when I'm talking to creatives and then I had to get really past too, it was like, I, I, I made the transition. I became a, I worked in this little recruiting firm down in lower Manhattan and I was making, like I took over a 50% pay cut. And at this point I'm like 41 years old, but and I did that for about a year and then, you know, and then eventually the income picked up, but I, I never really looked back from that because what happened was I was being true to that, you know, it was time for me now to make more of a difference in people's lives. It wasn't so much about me and what I was making. It was about what am I doing for others? Does that make sense? Yeah. And then, yeah, completely. yeah. And it, and it became more about, that's how I became a recruiter because every time I opened the door for like a junior that really, you know, they worked hard, they put themselves through school and God, they really wanted it. And they, they got their first job. And then I ended up going to McGarry Bowen and worked there for a few years and, you know, on and on, but I never really, there was something that was, there was a, there was a compensation I was getting that wasn't, that was above and beyond because I did hit that place in my art direction career. It was like, yeah, I'm making more money. I'm making more money, but you know, I'd have a honeymoon for about a, a week or two weeks. And then 
the the honeymoon kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller in terms of being an art director. Does that make sense? Like every job is just like, oh God, I'm making more money, but it's ugh. And here I am chained to my desk until two to three o'clock in the morning. And I, this isn't me anymore. This isn't, so it's, it's trusting that evolution in terms of, of where I needed to go next. And, you know, now I'm actually at FCB health, which I, I love. Um, it's such a great, great company. And I'm not doing that from a recruiting context. It's just, we support people. Um, and then I were, I actually very blessed with like a four day a week schedule because they know I'm in school. I'm actually training to be a doing a whole nother level of, of coaching because I, I had a business idea that, wow, maybe at some point is, is, uh, coming up with a company named creative transitions, like helping people transition. Um, but I, that's, that's, that's pretty far off, but I, you know, I guess I'm kind of doing that now. Like, how do you, how do you make these transitions? When will you be ready to, to, to set that up and, and help well, people? Well, my company's going to listen to this. So I probably, you know, it's, it's going to be a while. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not there yet. And I'm not, okay. and I'm not being dishonest. I'm not trying to keep my job because they know I'm here this morning doing this. Well, well when you're ready, whenever that is, you can come back on and you can let us all know. Exactly. About it. But, I mean, but you know what? I, I love the company I'm at. So who knows? Maybe I can, you know, re-lever, rework those skills yeah. and maybe contribute in another way at another time. Um, as for now, I like finding really good people, but I also am doing this training because it feels what I'm, it's, I feel called to do it. And, uh, so I'm training, getting another coaching certification, but I have a lot more maturity than I did. Uh, let's say, you know, 20, when did my dad pass 2005? Let's say, you know, you know, almost 20 years ago, um, 15 years ago. And, um, so I'm a different person than I was even then. Like I've gone through a huge evolution. So it's, it's, I'm now in my fifties. So, um, so yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky. Yeah. It's amazing. I'm sorry if this is a really stupid question, but what would you say to yourself today? If you, if you could go back and speak to yourself, you know, at, mm. at those moments, you know, maybe a day or two after nine eleven, what would you say to yourself? Oh, that's a really good, it's a really powerful question, actually. Wow, I'm actually really moved by that question. I would say to that younger self, um, despite what's happening, you're, you're really worthy of a life that's great, of a life that makes you happy, of a life that you can flourish in, and that um, you're actually doing the really, really the right thing by deeply, deeply trusting yourself and honoring that inner, inner, inner knowing and inner voice, regardless of what other people think or say or whatever society has conditioned you to be. Yeah, that's what I would say. And that's what I would say to anybody out there who's going through something like this is just give yourself a break, have some compassion for yourself, acknowledge yourself for your courage, that you're not, the courage to maybe not necessarily take the traditional path, but to, this is something I learned from my parents. They were kind of this quirky, it's one of the things I learned from my mom and dad is they just... And I grew up in a very small town, so what people thought your reputation really mattered. 
and now I can see it in hindsight, is they just marched to the beat of their own drummer. And they were kind of odd sometimes. It was kind of embarrassing as a kid. But now in hindsight, it's like we all have our own, we're all unique and extraordinary in our own way. And if we can actually find that and appreciate that about ourselves, you know, um, it's kind of, I think, why we're here, isn't it? I don't know. What do you think? What would you say to your younger self? <laughs> well, I don't know how to follow that, if I'm totally honest. I know. Maybe we shouldn't do this. It might be too deep for the advertising industry. No, I don't know. We're getting into your therapy uh, course now, aren't oh, we? Your, your coaching no, session. No, no. Um, I mean, I, I think, I, I mean, you know, you articulated it very, very well. But I mean, I think anything that I would probably say is just, you know everything will be okay if yeah. <laughs> we don't worry about it like you know but, but you you articulated it in a, in a much more powerful way but um I think everyone everyone right now listening to this needs to hear that because I think you know there are you know we've acknowledged and we we know people and you know, the, the world right now is suffering yes. and and we will we, we will all get yeah. through this and you know I think what you just said is 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 amazingly powerful and and i think your story is hugely mm-hmm. inspiring i loved i loved what you what you spoke about about the reinvention and maybe the art of reinvention and change mm-hmm. is as simple as being true to yourself and you know finding that truth and building legacy was another theme that mm-hmm. i i picked out from your story which i thought was was fantastic because ultimately we you know life is short we're getting you know I don't mean to be cliched myself here but life is, is. short and it is about you know you know what what, what we leave and hopefully we, sh- we should all be able to leave this world in a slightly yeah. better place than maybe that we found it much like your dad mm-hmm. did you know when your dad your dad passed he left the world in a better place because he obviously left you and and your siblings and and their kids and and the positive impact that they're having on people's lives right now and and I think that truth only and that legacy of how you build that truth only will only ever feel right to you as an individual mm-hmm. so I guess you know, if there are any creatives out there or any anyone from out there, regardless of the role, if you if you have lost your job or you're not perhaps happy in your role, um, it's just about finding that truth and and building that legacy and 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 feeling that there's a little bit more purpose in your life rather than being chained to a desk. Mm-hmm. So I think your story is going to be hugely inspiring to to many people listening mm. to this. It's been massively inspirational Thank for me. You. And yeah, I just want to thank you so thank much. You. I think thank it's you. been it's really an honor. You've you've literally summed up the meaning of life in a in a in a forty five minute podcast. Oh. So uh, <laughs> well done. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I don't know. Um, yeah, it's really an honor to be here. I mean, I really do hope I you know because my life has not been you know it's not it's been it's been messy. I've had a messy life, um, but you know we kind of get what we get, and it's kind of you know what are you going to do with it? You know what are you going to do with it? And, um, yeah, yeah, and I thank God, actually, you know, when I, I just want to touch wood as, as I think we would say here, and I know you guys say over there is, um, mm. I've actually been very, very fortunate through, uh, maybe I paid off my, my karma got paid off with the other events, but I've been very, 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 I do not take it for granted. Like COVID has actually been very good for me. And I've, I've lost people to COVID. Like I know people have been really deeply impacted. So I don't want to step over that. But I've been very fortunate because it's actually given me time to slow down, reflect, 
um, be in one place for a while and, um, you know, kind of do it again, like really kind of sit and, and kind of recalibrate and, you know, um, kind of, um, redirect my inner GPS. Like what's next. That's when you said, when, when are you going to be on to your next phase? It's, it's going to be a while. It's going to be a few years. Um, I think before I go into my next phase, but I am in my fifties. So I'm also thinking about, you know, at another, I'm at another stage where it's like, okay, um, I'm just in a different age, you know, it's just a different stage of life. So I'm, so COVID has been very, very good to me in that, in that way, in that I've had another moment to just stop. And, um, and I work for a good company. Like I've got really beautiful, wonderful things in my life. And, and I worked for it as you kind of heard, I mean, I've had to do a lot of work for it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think at the end of the day is like, find the silver lining in all of this. Like COVID is tragic, but there's also some really, there's some blessings in it. And nine 11 was tragic, but there was some blessings in it. Like every experience we go through, like my father's passing, you know, is tragic and everybody, a lot of, most people have to go through that at some point, but there's also blessings inside of it as well. And I think that's, that's what you try to, for me, I try to do is find the, and I'm not being Pollyanna, you know, I'm not trying to be um, like, la, 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 you know, like it's, it's more about that when you're, when you're in and your, your grit is tested to the core, there's always something on the other side of it. It's like, oh my God, I I had to go through that. Like I had to go through that because otherwise Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have this, I wouldn't even be on this podcast today to be like, you know what, this is what I have to share. And this is how you can get through it. Like, um, and I think that's at the end of the day, like what we're here for is to help others at a certain point. So I don't know. Oh, it's a lot for early morning. Amazing. (laughs) Well, well, I think this is a really great place to conclude. No, it's really beautiful. I'm very, very honored. Um, and I, I, I really hope that, you know, I really hope that you got what you needed this morning too in terms of our conversation. I'll be honest, I think this would be my favourite podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've done a lot of podcasts. This would be my favourite. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Leo, so that helps. That helps. <laughs> I still like being the best. <laughs> there you go. Well, I just want to you know, thank you again, Melissa, for sharing your story. And, and, and even if you just help, your story helps one person out there, it'll be, it'll be worth it. Do you come back on, you know, oh, whenever you want to come back in share more stories or more nuggets oh i'd love that no of course yeah come back you're a you're a creative floor friend now so yes come back whenever you want take it easy if you do enjoy listening to these podcasts please do subscribe and share whenever possible 